Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Good morning! It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. Yeah, it, is, uh, it might be hot where you are today. Uh, if you're in the United States of America, it might be hot where you are today. Even those of us who were not under the heat dome, it is, uh, it's starting to cook where we are too. And um, so I recognize that. So let's be people who take a deep breath and um, consider, yeah, consider how to respond and not respond out of the way that we're feeling simply because we're hot. Like, yeah, just because we're hot, let's not be hot headed, right? There are, um, there are ways that we can be people of peace in the midst of all that's going on in our own homes and in our own communities. And so that's going to be my encouragement to, uh, to each of us today. Hey, UPS reached an agreement with, um, with, you know, the union representing its drivers. And so, um, yeah, no disruption in package delivery. I know you may say to yourself, this does not, this does not affect me. I see the UPS guy like really frequently. I see the UPS guy more frequently than I see my kids. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited that, uh, he's going to keep stopping by my house and dropping off books, mostly books, Almost every day, a book. Because, you know, every day we talk about a book. So, there you go. Um, No strike for the UPS. The brown trucks will still be rolling. I, for one, am happy about that. What's uh, what's happening where you are? What is going on? Paul Perot, uh, who produces this program and is with us right now, um, we would like to know, is the temperature actually rising in the building where there is no air conditioning where you are? It is slowly rising, it's, mm-hmm. and it's also the humidity is going up because we've had some rain overnight, and so you get the mm-hmm. extra humidity in the air, and it's, it's, it's getting in here. So, yeah, and it, it mm-hmm. doesn't help, you know, because a studio, we have all this electronic equipment. Electronics creates heat. Therefore... <laughs> I know. I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking about the engineering room which is like a a sealed off glass box in the middle of the building and I'm and everything in there is plugged in, right? And I'm just yes. thinking to myself, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you see, thankfully when they built this building, that has its own separate <gasps> air conditioning unit uh, separate from the rest of the large what? media center. So, if you go so in you there, which go, I can You could go in there and cool off. I could go in there and cool off. It just, right. uh, yeah, yeah. Gully, gully, heads up! Everybody's going to be headed to engineering today. <laughs> Lock the door, bar yeah. the door. Yeah, bar the door, Nelly. Yes, be so crazy. <laughs> Maybe he'll get his um, stool back. Maybe whoever stole the stool from the engineering oh, area yeah, yeah, will bring yeah. it back because the they'll stool. have mm-hmm. reason to knock on the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> step stool. If you're the person who stole the step stool, by the way, from the engineering department. They need it back. I don't, yeah. It's hard to plug stuff in if you can't get up to it. There you go. There's All a right. nice um, little trade deal going on. You can be cool for a little bit. Bring the stool back. Right. There we go. Bring yes. Us, bring us back our step stool. There you go. <sighs> oh, in, um, in possibly more serious news, um, the crisis at the U.S. southern border continues to worsen. 
And I know that it seems like it couldn't possibly get worse, but it actually, it, it's it's particularly bad right now. And um, you recognize there's this steady stream of human beings moving north. It's not isolated um, to, you know, us here in, in the United States or Canada. People are streaming north around the world. Um, it's a part of a global movement of humanity from places that I will describe as now inhospitable for human flourishing People desiring to move to places where they, you know, they hold out hope for a better life for themselves and their kids. What wouldn't you do to ensure that your child had the best life possible? I mean, what wouldn't you do? What, you know, you'd go to the ends of the earth. And so when we're tempted to see it through some other lens, I want us to resist that temptation for just a moment. Um, Think about uh, what the Bible has to say about, you know, human migration. I mean, it starts with Adam and Eve. They're forced to migrate out of the only home they'd ever known and to make a home for themselves outside of Eden. Noah and his family, the only ones to escape a catastrophic natural disaster, landed them in a foreign land um, on Mount Ararat, where, you know, they made a go of it. Moses fled to Midian. The book of Ruth is actually a story of border crossings over and over and over again. Mary and Joseph fled to Egypt. Um, Jesus, by the way, didn't go around Samaria. He went through it crossing the border. Jesus crossed borders of all kinds, by the way, and he then sent his disciples to go and do the same. How would the gospel have gone forth from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth if the followers of Jesus had never left their homelands and crossed borders of foreign lands? Like, how would that have ever happened? And so um, when you think about the way the gospel advances across foreign borders, because people are willing to go from one place to another, it might at least give you a different perspective um, on on what's happening. So this past weekend, um, I was with my cousin Jennifer and her family. Uh, for those of you who listen regularly, you know Jennifer serves as a missionary in Togo. It's a country in West Africa. Um, and and you know that her husband died there on the mission field. And she raised these beautiful four boys, and one of whom just got married this past weekend, and that's where I was. Um, the people of God go where where he sends us. In Luke chapter 10, The Lord chose 72 um, additional people beyond the original 12, and he sent them out in pairs all over the place. And he told them, you know, whenever you you enter a a place, like take lodging wherever it's offered and stay there until it's time to go. Speak peace upon that house. Um, And and, um, yeah, so it's about hospitality, really. who were those people who offered hospitality to the 72 that Jesus sent out in Luke chapter 10? Have you ever thought about that? I want you to think about the people who offered hospitality to the 72 that Jesus sent out in Luke chapter 10 today. Would you do that? Would I? Heather Zeiger is going to join us next. She is our all things science girl. She's also an editor at bioethics.com. And we're going to, you know, it's not Science Friday. It's Science Wednesday here on Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Heather Zeiger is back. She's a freelance science writer uh, out of Dallas, a research analyst for the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity. Heather, welcome back. Hi, Carmen. Good to be back. All right. So help us to have some discernment when we're reading news around climate and global warming. I think this is a big conversation. It's also, you know, just super challenging um, to know people get, I mean, they literally like get their hackles up as soon as they hear 
the phrase climate change. But the climate is changing like it's undeniable. It's it's really hot. So um, so just talk with us about maybe discernment related to all of this. Yeah. So, and this is really, this is important because um, as Christians, we want to be good stewards of the environment, right? That was our first job in the garden was to take care of creation. So we actually do want to care about how we're caring for creation. So that's, this is an important topic, but we also want to have discernment because um, the headlines can sometimes be a little misleading. So I, um, I'm looking at some of these headlines. The most recent one is this heat wave that's going through um, the United States. Now, I live in Texas, so uh, mm. when we talk about heat waves, I mean, our temperatures are pretty normal for now, which is super hot. But you're seeing heat waves in um, Europe that are a few degrees higher Fahrenheit, a few degrees Fahrenheit higher than the average usually is around this time. And um, as us in Texas learned during the big freeze several years ago, if you're not used to uh, extreme heat or extreme cold, you don't have buildings in infrastructures that are able to handle that. So this is why um, people are concerned about um, heat, extreme heat in places that are not used to having hot temperatures. So when we're looking at these headlines, I got I got a couple of things that we can kind of keep in mind. And this isn't to say that climate change isn't happening or not happening is happening. These are just some questions to ask and words to look for. And this can apply to anything and to other things than just climate science. You know, anytime we're looking at the news, we want to look for these things. The first one, and this does have to do with models and climate science, is the larger the area you're looking at, the more variables you're dealing with. So what does that mean? That means it's one thing if I'm looking at a city. So for example, back when I was a kid, the big joke was about smog in Los Angeles because Los Angeles had had a smog issue for many decades. Okay, so that's Los Angeles. How did that smog affect the surrounding area? It undoubtedly had an effect on the surrounding area because ecosystems are connected, but it's a little harder to talk about that. How did it have effect on the United States? How did it have an effect on the globe? The further out you go, the more variables, the more things you're talking about. It's so much easier to talk about a smaller region or area to look at here is a problem and here is what is probably causing it. So you always want to have discernment when people start talking about global issues, global temperatures are rising. Well, what does that mean? Where on the globe? What do you mean by that? Can we look at specific places? So that's the first one. The larger the area you're dealing with, the harder it is to make um, conclusions. Even for really high tech model computer models, it is much harder to discern um, uh, conclusions when you're dealing with that that many variables. Second mm. thing is always look for language, and you see this in the most recent articles. The Associated Press ran an article, um, and the headline is uh, something like "Climate Change Leaves Fingerprints on July Heat Waves Around the Globe." And there's words: "This would have never happened if there wasn't industrialized chemicals." So the claim: "This would have never happened if." And you look for this in any any type of topic, not just climate science. Keep in mind, this is speculative, right? We don't know that. We don't know what would have happened. We know what has happened. It's sometimes when you're past an event, you can look back and say, hey, this would have never happened if. But that is difficult to do in something like climate science, where there's a lot of variables going into this. And we actually don't know what would have happened or what would not have happened. For example, the climate does change. That's what climates do. And we do have trends of warming and cooling. Is it worse than it 
is is the warming period worse because of uh, industrialized chemicals? Is it what would have happened if we didn't have industrialization? That's really hard to say. That's speculative. So you want to hold those conclusions very, very loosely. One thing to do we can do is look for specificity as opposed to generalities. Like the Earth is warming; it's due to warming chemicals. Those are very general terms. What do you mean by warming? Where is where is it warming? What chemicals are you talking about? I'll give you an example that um, is from the 1980s. There was a hole in the ozone layer. It was actually a thin part of the ozone layer. It was over uh, Antarctica. So that's a specific location, specific chemical, the ozone, and a specific place, Antarctica. And they determined a specific problem. It was CFCs, a type of chemical that is not naturally occurring, that is was used in a lot of refrigerants and products. And so they were able to do some tests and figure out, hey, this is actually affecting the ozone layer. So notice how that is much more specific than general terms like um, warming and chemicals. And we also could pinpoint the chemical because it's not naturally occurring. That's All right, so two good. more that are a little, are, yeah, two yeah, more that are a little shorter. Let's save, your, let's, save, let's save the next two. We're working oh, sure. down a list. Yeah, we're working down a list of having discernment when we're reading and engaging with news around the subject of climate change or global warming. Um, we're talking with Heather Zeiger. So far, we have the, remember that the larger the area, the harder it is to draw conclusions. We're going to look for speculative language, and we're going to ask questions when there is speculative speculative language, like, how um, uh, this would have never happened if um, we're going to instead um, recognize that we can't we can't know what would have happened, nor can we know what would not have happened. We can only know what has happened. And then we're going to look for specificity instead of generalities. And then we're going to get to Heather's last two here on the list in just a moment. How do you um, use discernment well when reading news about climate change and global warming? That's up next on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks so much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Hey, I'm Susie Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, would you consider subscribing to other great faith radio podcasts like mine? Search Susie Larson Live at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. Um, All right. For those of you speculating that the engineering department had something to do with the air conditioning outage in the rest of the building in order to find their white stool, I can neither confirm nor deny such speculation. We're talking with Heather Zeiger. (laughs) Heather, our our building has a partial air conditioning outage. It's out everywhere except the engineering area. And the engineers have been looking for a white stool that someone took from them. And so now there's speculation that this is all connected. Mm-hmm. This, mean, is how, this is how the climate conversation, mm-hmm. this is, <laughs> this is how exactly, conspiracy theories start. This is totally how it happens. Totally how it happens. If yeah. you have the engineering yeah. department's white step stool, just bring it back. It's just that simple. Okay. Um, we're talking with Heather Zeiger about uh, how we can use really good discernment when we are hearing or reading news around uh, climate or climate change or global warming. Um, We have talked about uh, remembering that the larger the area we're talking about. So we're talking about the globe. Really hard to draw conclusions about that. Uh, A lot easier if, you know, you're talking about, hey, this spilled on uh, on on my land. And I can tell you that it's affected the soil right here under my feet. We're also going to look for speculative language and we're going to look for specificity instead of generalities, which brings us to the rest of Heather's list. What's on it, Heather? Yeah, so these two are related. The first one is looking for doom and gloom language. 
So there's usually a difference between the worst case scenario and the most likely scenario. So there's a time and place for discussing worst case scenario. Look, I'm a bioethicist. We talk about medicine, informed consent. You got to talk about this is a possibility, but this is most likely to happen. But when we're reading the news, we need to ask ourselves, is it likely that the earth is going to burn up, you know, that all humans are going to die? These This kind of doom and gloom language, we really need to step back. And if you see that, maybe put a little red flag on it and say, hold on a second. So similar to the idea of doom and gloom language is the idea that this is the worst time ever that we're living in. So in a recent the Associated Press article on the heat wave, it says something like this month's heat is likely the hottest Earth has been in about 120,000 years, easily the hottest of human civilization. So honestly, this is kind of using extreme language and extreme thinking, which if you've read anything by Jonathan Haidt, who has written on coddling of the American mind and political polarization. He says extreme thinking isn't always healthy sometimes. um, But look, sometimes the news media uses this language to make an emotional appeal or to cite people to action. Honestly, sometimes they use this language to get readers or viewers to click on the headline because honestly, we're we're sinful people and we really like uh, we really like really bad things. I mean, most of us, uh, if we were honest with ourselves, we tend to not want to click on something that's just kind of bad or kind of good. So we need to check ourselves when it's like, OK, worst thing ever and ask ourselves, is it really the worst time ever? So you see this kind of language in every topic in the news, not just science uh, news. So um, as an ethicist, I look for arguments where people are trying to use extreme language to justify, you know, ends justify the means kind of thing. So we want to be careful about that. Um, so that's my four lists, Carmen. Um, a couple of caveats there. I want to I want to be sure and point out. Look, it's great to hold industries accountable. Um, when I was uh, studying chemistry, my chemical engineering class, we talked about how it's great to actually use the waste product from a chemical engineering process and and instead of dumping it to actually learn how to repurpose it because more often than not the things that are environmentally friendly actually are friendly for human beings as well it's not Mm. they're not mutually exclusive and um, sometimes we we think that way or we think oh it's either love humans or love um, love the environment and that's not the case in fact that's actually kind of a more of a worldview issue than um, than a way to look at how to care for our planet and how to care for human beings okay we um, we only have time to talk about one more headline so do you want to talk about eye drops that have the promise of restoring sight or do you want to talk about NASA building a telescope to help find life beyond Earth? Because those are both cool headlines. Yeah, so they both are really cool. I'll tell you, um, the eye drops are cool. Those are only for a rare disease that Mm. um, is a genetic rare disease that is very devastating for children. Um, Usually their children are the ones that deal with it where they get skin blisters. So they're known as butterfly Mm. children. And so the eye drops, they don't change their genetics permanently. They just cause, um, I believe they just cause their bodies to produce the protein that can help not get blisters. So those blisters will form in the eyes. So it is really cool for this rare disease and might have potential for other diseases. But unfortunately, it's not something that can has permanent change. You still have to take those eye drops all the time. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, then let's talk about what NASA's building because this just sounds fun. Yeah. So this is a telescope that's going. It's the Nancy Grace Roman Space Telescope, and they're hoping to launch it in 2026. It's going to team up with the James Webb Telescope. Actually, they're going to work together. Um, so, and it's supposed to help find planets. So the Nancy Grace Telescope 
has a contraption on it called Coronagraph, and it's an ability to block starlight so you can see planets better because sometimes the hard the reason why we can't see planets is stars are too bright so anyway it's a really interesting telescope that they're working with the way they're working with it um, we talk about virtual reality and augmented reality they use models they work with models that are virtual reality models of the telescope so it, it's really neat okay um nancy grace like the person on tv that does the crime stuff I don't know why See, it's named know, the Nancy Grace Roman this Space is, Telescope. This is totally. That's where my mind goes. So there you go. All right, Heather, um, as always, it's a joy. I feel like you and I are going to talk about um, telescopes more in the future because you love to help us see what um, what our eyes can't ordinarily see. The things that are really microscopically small and the things that are just absolutely unimaginably huge and everything in between. So thank you so much. We appreciated our conversation today. Sure. It's fun. Yeah. It's so fun. So that's Heather um, Zeiger. You can find her at the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity. If you haven't visited there lately, cbhd.org. You can also find her at her website, heatherzeiger.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. All right, speculation continues about the uh, the potential connection between the missing white step stool from the engineering department and the air conditioning outage in the rest of the building. They really want their step stool back. Hey, I just uh, I just googled. Apparently, you can get a white step stool. Like it's not 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 really that expensive of a thing. And so, if you're on your way into work today and you want the air conditioning to come back on in the rest of the building, maybe pop off and. Pick up the engineering department a white step stool. There you go. Just a little, just a little encouragement to help potentially resolve. It's not, it's not connected. By the way, it's totally not connected. Um. All right. So, uh, what else is going on in the world? Okay. If you look around your space right now, is it? I mean, you know, space in your car, space in your office, space in your home, wherever you are right now. Just kind of, just kind of look around at the space and how, how stress free is the environment in which you currently find yourself. And then how much stress is actually like created or fomented by all the mess that we're living in? Um, Now I want you to sort of do a little interior check of the same reality. Kind of look around at what's piled up inside you. And how much stress is that producing? How much stress is your striving producing? You want to live differently. Would you like to live stress-free? Would you be willing to renovate your life, renovate the house of your life, renovate the house that worry built? Would you be willing to take it down to the studs or even down to the very foundation? We're going to talk with Jamie Amarine about a plan that's called 90 Days to Stress-Free, Renovating the House that Worry Built. I'm betting you want to do it. I certainly do. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen.
All right, sometimes our best laid plans like don't exactly work out the way that we planned them. So Jamie Amarine is not here yet. And so while we're either awaiting her arrival or, you know, potentially just moving on with a conversation amongst ourselves, here's what I think we're going to do. So the book is 90 Days to Stress-Free, and we actually have copies to give away. Um, And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to read in. We're just going to read in because I don't know about you, but this idea that we could find our way back to peace, that we could move beyond um, little, like, even like religious things that we might say to try to comfort ourselves, that we could actually like till and uproot that which is causing us to be stressed out. Um, So Jamie talks about in the introduction of the book, she talks about struggling with stress and struggling with striving, even though her life was filled with and adorned with all kinds of what she describes as religious paraphernalia. You may be like that. I'm, I'm like that. Like, right. We got verses written on our walls. We got You know, we got bumper stickers. We got all kinds of religious paraphernalia, right? Um, We have a quiet time. We, you know, we listen to Christian radio. I mean, for heaven's sake, you're listening right now. And yet your life is still stressful. And so that was true of Jamie as well. And so she felt led to just like take it down to the foundation. Just take it down to the foundation and rebuild. So I'm going to read you day two from 90 Days to Stress-Free. And if you resonate with this, and if this is something that you want help with, um, you can text the word book to 877-933-2484, and we'll um, we'll put you in the drawing for the copies that we have um, of this 90 Days to Stress-Free, Renovating the House that Worry Built. So um, Cracks in the Foundation is day two, and it's keyed to Luke chapter 6, verse 48. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when the flood came, when the flood came, I'll highlight that, when the flood came, not if, but when, when the flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. So this is Jamie Amarine uh, in, um, in her book, 90 Days to Stress-Free on day two, Cracks in the Foundation. In 2017, we moved from our ranch in the very dry, extremely windy Abilene, Texas, to our Houston house just in time for Hurricane Harvey. We love Houston. And before you guffaw, let me tell you, Houston is fabulous. Hey, I lived in Houston. This is Carmen now. Uh, I lived in Houston for a period of time. I can attest to the fact it is fabulous. It has fabulous people and fabulous food and, yeah, just maybe not fabulous weather. There you go. Um, If you've never been and you've only seen photos, you might be thinking, well, doesn't all of Texas just look like an episode of Roadrunner cartoon with an occasional uh, motor home and random skyscraper? No, Wiley E. Coyote, Jamie Amarine says, it does not. I live in a forest of towering pines on a huge lake. I've never seen such remarkable skies. The clouds remind me of explosive mountains constantly morphing. We're minutes from some of the finest dining in the world and great shopping and shows and museums, an hour from the beach, 45 minutes from some of the most fantastic camping to be found. As I compose this, it's six days until Christmas. It's 60 degrees and sunny. The projected forecast for Christmas Day, crisp, 52 degrees. Sophie, our youngest daughter, flew in from New York yesterday, and Luke, our third oldest, 
is going to fly home from Hawaii on Christmas Eve. And this means that all four of our eldest children and their spouses will be joining Justin and me and our two youngest boys for Christmas. I am one happy girl. Still, no matter how fragrant my descriptions, you might be thinking, well, I need a white Christmas. Um, Or she failed to mention Houston's um, rumored standstill traffic or the 599% humidity or the... (laughs) hilarious or the stifling 110 degree august afternoons jamie says i have my responses but um not here to convince you to move to texas i'm just here to point out um that you are you your foundation is not my foundation my beliefs are no threat to your beliefs your beliefs are no threat to mine and if you despise all things lone star i can still love it My bumper sticker may command uh, you not to mess with my state, but I'm too busy to do anything about it. Just like I'm not worried whether or not you love Texas, Jesus isn't threatened by your doubts or your concerns. He can't be deconstructed. You don't need to try to figure out whether or not he's going to come through. His nature has... Uh, His nature was confirmed when he died on the cross and when he rose again. And unlike your preference for places other than Texas, who he is, is fact. So let me just pause there for just a moment. Um, Jesus is fact. Um, I remember uh, standing in, um, uh, this this happened in in Columbus, Ohio, at, uh, at a big national meeting of a denomination and I went into the restroom during a debate that was happening on the assembly floor about, you know, whether or not they were going to publicly, like, confirm that Jesus was Lord. I mean, it was the most ridiculous debate you could you could possibly imagine, really, for a denomination to be having, but there they were having it. And, um, uh, and so I'm in the restroom, and there is a woman in there cleaning the restroom. And she says to me, are they really talking about what it sounds like they're talking about? And I said, well, what does it sound like they're talking about? And she says, it sounds like they think it's up to them to vote whether or not Jesus is on the throne, like whether or not Jesus is Lord. And I says, well, you've pretty much got it. That is the vote they're about to take. And she says, that's not up to them. You don't get to vote Jesus onto or off of the throne. Jesus is Lord. It is a fact. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I wish you were running this denomination. Um, so that's the point that Jamie's making here. You're, it, it doesn't change the nature of Jesus, whether or not you believe in him. Jesus is who he is. So she says, uh, this is back to Jamie Amarine uh, in 90 Days to Stress-Free, which we're giving away copies of today. Um, so if you want to, you're ready to renovate your stress-filled life um, this is this is the book for you. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. She says, if we're struggling with Jesus, it's because we're dealing with misunderstandings and we have a foundation work that we need to attend to. With any renovation, we must first make sure the structure is secure before we do anything else. Like you can't like just, it, it's no good to change the wallpaper to cover up the cracks if the issue is that your foundation is failing. That's her point. So after we get the underbelly cleaned up, then we're going to rebuild the way the structure functions in a seamless, crack-free way. So we have to teach, we have to reteach the subconscious, or what I call the heart head, how to trust something new. 
We can say Jesus is our strong foundation. We can even sing about it. But years of difficult real-life experiences combined with limiting beliefs and questions that we have about God have the heart head desperate to truly believe something, but struggling to believe it. So is that where you are today? Let me just ask you. This is Carmen again. Is that where you are today? Like, you know, you say Jesus is Lord. Um, you, you say with your mouth, like, Jesus is Lord. But you're having a really hard time believing it in your heart head, as Jamie calls it. You're, you really are having a trust issue. You're really having a hard time um, believing the faithfulness of God in Jesus Christ. So Jamie says, we have so much information and experience, um, and under all of that debris, we bury the truth. So she says, you know, it's, it, it's one thing to, you know, change the finish on the floors. It's another thing to get down to the foundation. So this is her, this is her encouragement. Today, I invite you to write out a list of things you know are true of God. You know these things to be true. And then choose to actively feel and believe those promises. Write out a scripture verse that talks about God's plan for you and the goodness of it. Feel the sturdiness of that foundation. Rest in the comfort of being seen and heard and known. And I will add, loved. You can build a life on the sure foundation of Jesus Christ. And so let's get back in touch with the truth of who he is. Write out a list of things that you know are true of God. God is great and God is good. Make a list. And then choose to actively feel and believe those promises. That's where rebuilding a stress-free life begins. 90 days to stress-free. Renovating the house that worry built the author is Jamie Amarine. We're giving away copies today. If you're interested in entering that drawing, text the word book to 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. All right, we're still talking amongst ourselves here. So uh, I think that Jamie Amarine um, is doing other things this morning, which is totally fine. We're going to still um, talk about her in her absence and her book, 90 Days to Stress-Free, Renovating the House that Worry Built. Um, it's no fun to live in a house that worry built. It's just, it's just not. It's not fun. Um, and some uh, some of us are living Instead of living in a house that faith built, instead of living in a house that God built, instead of living in a house constructed, like genuinely constructed, not just on the sure foundation of Jesus Christ, but believing, like living in that, um, trusting in who he is, um, 
there are a lot of us who say that we are Christians and that our faith is built on nothing less than um, Jesus' love and righteousness. And yet, if we are really brutally honest, we have built our lives on a lot of other things. We have constructed all kinds of um, of ideas and belief systems, um, many of which become self-reliant and not God-reliant. And the furniture of our minds needs to be moved out, and we need to, in some cases, take it down to the foundation. If you've got a construction project going on, once you've taken it down to the foundation, what do you do? Well, you, you reframe, right? So what does it look like to reframe the, um, the way you've built your life? To totally reframe it. So the framing is day three in Jamie Amarine's 90 Days to Stress-Free framing. Um, test them all and hold on to what is good. First Thessalonians 5.21. She says, I like to be in the know. Um, even if I'm going to replace the water heater, I want to know um, why I can't get it repaired, um, when I can take my next hot bath, how to light the pilot. The desire to know all things has been detrimental to my, uh, uh, to, to my um, religion, but it has caused exponential growth in my faith. It has fueled life-changing discoveries about God and about myself. So let me just ask you, like, how much do you want to know? Are you a person who wants to be in the know? Do you think you have a right to know? Because that's the, that right, right there is the crux of the matter. It's one thing to want to know. God is all-knowing. He has created us as inquisitive beings. Um, knowledge is, is important. I mean, I want to know God, and I want to make him known to others. So knowing matters. And God reveals himself that we might know him. Jesus came to make the Father known. So the desire to know or knowing, there's nothing wrong with that. But if I think I have a right to know, if I think that God, this is Carmen talking, not Jamie, by the way. I have departed from the book. Um, if I think I have a right to know, if I think it's my business to know, um, then I have begun constructing a worldview that goes beyond um, what God has revealed is my space and place. So what has God revealed about himself in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments? Those are the things that God wants you to know. Are there still things that God retains um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, there are still mysteries that we don't know. Marriage is a mystery. That's what the Bible says about it. It's a mystery. The Trinity is a mystery. The word Trinity doesn't appear in Scripture, but it, it's a mystery. God never, you know, explains the relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God just is. He reveals that he is one and he is three and three in one, and that is a mystery. And Paul describes it this way, like, you know, I mean, if God sees us perfectly clearly down to, you know, down to the nano level, um, but we don't see God that clearly. Now I see as in a mere dimly is the way Paul puts it, but then I shall see face to face. Then I will know fully, even as I am fully known. So the desire to know is, is righteous. The demand to know or the sense that I have a right to know that's not righteous. Do you see the difference? So maybe you need to reframe that. There's a framing conversation here in 90 Days to Stress-Free and some exercises related to reframing that might be helpful to you. 
If you're um if you're ready to renovate the house that Worry built, go ahead and text the word book to 877-933-2484. If Jamie were here with us, that was the conversation that I was going to lift up about reframing. Um I was going to I was going to have that conversation about the difference between knowing and the gift of knowledge and the invitation to know the things that God has revealed and the things of God that he has revealed versus this sense that I have a right to know. Um Maybe what you need to lay down today is your sense of a right to know or a right to be right. That might be an important thing to reframe today in your spiritual life. All right. um, We're going to continue talking amongst ourselves here. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. You can can always text your prayer request in, uh, things that are plaguing you in terms of concerns and worries. I'm happy to be praying for you about those things. I'm also just encouraging you to um uh, to receive what God offers, which is himself, the companionship of his Holy Spirit, the indwelling of his Holy Spirit. Um, that that, by the way, is the key and the promise and the secret of being content. So if you want to talk about a stress-free life and you want to talk about building a stress-free life, You're not only building on the sure foundation of Jesus Christ, you're living a life that is inhabited. It is an inhabited life. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Trust me when I tell you, that's the secret of stress-free living. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, I see you out there. Thank you for all of your engagement on the text line this morning. Um, I am, yes, adding things to my prayer list as you post them there, 877-933-2484. Have you visited us lately at MyFaithRadio.com? Maybe you've just joined the Faith Radio listening family and you really don't know much about us yet. We would love to share with you. We've got a welcome packet. You can text the word welcome to 877 933-2484. We would love to connect with you. There's all kinds of um, wonderful things going on. I am appreciating our study together, reading the Bible together in 2 Timothy. We just started a couple of days ago, so it's not too late to join us. And by the way, it's a downloadable study guide. You're going to download it. We're not going to put it in the mail and send it to you. You're going to download the study guide, so that's available at MyFaithRadio.com as well. and and let me just encourage you today. Um, we opened with a conversation about the passage in Galatians chapter 5 where God talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And I think it's a good reminder that, you know, these are not things that we produce. These are things that God produces in and through us because of the presence of his Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. So the, the Spirit is what is in us, producing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You, you, don't, you don't have to make these things happen. Your role, my role, is to simply be hospitable, a hospitable place, good soil for the Holy Spirit to do his work and to produce in and through us a harvest of righteousness to the glory of God. Have a great day and God bless.
Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.